OTB Sports Rugby. Some of the hype around Jack Crowley has been premature. He's played pretty well, but having him as the second coming of Christ seems to be a little bit aggressive. Subscribe to the rugby stream on the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. Friday mornings, OTB AM. Uh, time to say a very good morning to the 1997 World Snooker Champion, Ken Doherty. Morning, Ken. Morning, lads. How are you? Keeping well. Um, we will get to the Masters preview because Ali Paddy has had to quickly turn from the darts to the snooker for this Sunday. But um, I did want to touch on the, the Chinese corruption and match-fixing uh, story, which mm. has kind of developed again from this week. So the, the snooker governing body on Tuesday suspending two more Chinese players investigating yeah. this alleged match-fixing a betting scandal. Zhao Jintong being one of them, which is the big name, and he's had to pull out of the Masters or turfed out of the Masters, essentially, replaced by yeah. Hussein Vafey. This is a story that um, is putting a bit of a stain on the sport at the moment, Ken. Yeah, it is. It's, uh, I'm shocked and saddened at the same time, to be honest. You know, Zhao Jintong, UK champion, former UK champion, won the UK last year the year before last in the German Masters a very prodigious talent and of course Yan Bingtel who won the Masters only a couple of years ago they're the two of the highest ranked players that have been suspended have been sort of embroiled in this sort of uh, match fixing or match betting controversy and along with eight other players the Yang Wenbo was already retired I think he was the, the most prolific of them all uh, but he's gone as well uh, yeah and, and it's just uh, it has it's, it's marred the sport but the good thing is that, you know, that anybody, it'll be a lesson to anybody who thinks that they can sort of bet or match fix in our sport and try and get away with it. You know, at least uh, they've been caught and, and uh, the punishments will be handed out in due course. And I'm sure severe punishments at that. There have been high profile incidents over the years, Stephen Lee mm. being one that, that comes mm. to mind. Um, mm. And that, like the punishments have been meted out. But when you say lessons have been learned, I guess. From that perspective, yeah. it, it hasn't been learned at this point. Well, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I totally agree. I thought, you know, with the severe 12 year ban at Stephen Lee, that that would have frightened anybody off. Uh, but obviously, I mean, these are young lads coming into sport. Those two high profile, Liang Wenbo as well. And then there's, there's another seven after that. And some of them are very, very young, very vulnerable, uh, but probably not educated and probably. The, the, the rules of our game um, and the, the possible suspensions and fines and, and bans that they could face just by betting, uh, not even match fixing, but just by betting alone. Uh, it's not allowed. It's totally illegal in our sport. We're monitored by Sport Radar. We have our own Sport Integrity Unit. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, you talked after the Stephen Lee incident that nobody else would dare do it. But obviously... Obviously, they have and they've been caught. And um, there was actually one of the younger lads who was sort of coerced into doing it, that he was the whistleblower and it sort of uh, unraveled this whole sort of uh, this sort of system between uh, these 10 Chinese players. Which, in a way, is good, right? Like, uh, in, yeah. in many sports, when this happens, a lot of sports are like, oh, it's just a, it's just a few bad apples. But actually, you know, having an open conversation and being openly disgusted by it is the only way for this to work out. Is this something that has always been around, though, Ken? Like, were, were you ever approached at any stage when you were playing? Or, no. or did it, it never, it didn't happen like that, did it? No, not at all. You know, I mean, you hear stories. I mean, there's obviously... I mean, back even when I when I was playing, we were allowed sort of uh, bet against, like if we had a high break. I remember once I had a high break in my first year, I think it was uh, in the Mercantile Credit Classic, and it was 126, it was against Eddie Charlton, and I was allowed back against it. 
in case it got beat as a sort of a saver. And believe it or not, the 126 stayed for the whole week and I lost both sides. So, uh, but, but those days, <laughs> that was typical. Uh, but those days you could do it. But then, of course, uh, you know, uh, the betting, the bans of betting and, and of course, uh, particularly match fixing was always bad. But, you, you know, you were allowed to sort of have savers years and years ago. But that was turfed out many, many years ago. Uh, but since then, now I've never been approached, but obviously it's been going on behind the scenes. And uh, but it's it, you know, as you said, Jerry, that the highlight, uh, the good thing is that it's been highlighted and, and it's they've been caught. And uh, you know, it's the only way to the only way to sort of deal with this is to hand out severe bans, you know, to those who are who are the uh, the perpetrators. You know, and was there ever a sense that this might be going on at like uh, the lower ranking tournaments when you know back mm. in back in the day, or had it always yeah. kind of just been a sense that actually, you know, it's not really worth it? Um, I don't know. You see, because because it's monitored as well, it's very very difficult to get the money on now because these are Chinese, so maybe lots of money going on in the Chinese markets that are hard. But even with Sport Radar, uh, they're monitored now. So, uh, but years and years ago, that wouldn't that wouldn't have been the case. So uh, there probably was like stuff in all sports. I think you know. You see some of the, you know, with the Premiership footballers, you see it in tennis and golf and lots of other sports uh, that it's happened. But college um, basketball, like that was the kind of yeah, America, exactly. the point yeah, shaving yeah, stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the I mean, cricket. even the Hansi Crunchy, yeah. Hansi Crunchy incident in the cricket, yeah. So it's been going on in a lot of sports and particularly because of the, the betting companies and and uh, all the little different markets that they have as well. Um, but yeah, it's been going on in all sports, but thankfully... That we've found, you know, in, in our sport, that we've found the guilty parties, and, and we've dealt with them, as I said, severely. And I'm sure, like you know, th- this is a this is a very sad time for snooker, and particularly for you know, because these young lads they've come over from China, dedicated their lives to to snooker, and particularly the likes of Yan Mingtao and, and Zhao Zutong, who have sort of got into the top sixteen, are very very successful, and sort of uh, the flag bearers now for Chinese snooker. You know, they, they they will be marred with this for the rest of their careers. You know, and could possibly have thrown their careers away because of it. You know, and it's just the, it is very very sad in a way. You know, it's it's crazy because when you watch some of the videos of these frames where match fixing is alleged to have occurred, mm. and sometimes it can be a case of you know a player winning four one instead of winning four nil. It can be very yeah. subtle, but sometimes it's it's a player missing a shot by a, by millimetres you know, in the jaws of the pocket mm. or just going out of position yeah. very ever so slightly mm. but it strikes me that snooker players are so talented and so precise nowadays that mm. you could you could on purpose miss a shot by or, or put yourself out of position by, by even the slightest of margins yeah you could do but if if it's been highlighted by our integrity unit that there has been suspicious betting patterns on a particular match I would be able to see Mm. I would I would be able to know no matter how good they are of the way and the manner in which they're playing that whether whether it's dodgy or not you know uh, and you can't hide from that you know it strikes me that when you look at the of course the all of the winners of the the World Snooker Championship have come from from the UK Neil Robertson of course as well from from Australia. Uh, but snooker in China. I was one from Ireland as well. Sorry, of course, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, notwithstanding, of course, the most important one. Um, but but if you look at if you look at the the game in China and how it's risen and it's clearly been on a yeah. uh, an upward curve yeah. over the last number of years, thanks to the likes of Zhao Jintong and, and Yan Bingtao. But yeah, Ding Wei as well. Of yeah, course. of course. But what what like you felt like a, a Chinese winner of the World Snooker Championship was only around the corner. But this mm. this could set the game back in China decades. Yes, it could do. Yeah, and particularly, I mean, these two guys, 
uh, the likes of Shelton Tong and the likes of Yanming Tao. Um, these were two of the more likely guys to actually win the world championship at some stage. Very talented players, very different sort of characters. Um, but yeah, they had the they had the potential to go on and win the world championship. Well, it was set, it was set it back a little bit. Um, but I think, like all things, the game is bigger than individuals, you know, and the game will always survive. And there are lots of great players, uh, you know, in the Masters this week and and on the tour as well. That will keep uh, attracting, you know, the spectator. I mean, you see the Masters is almost completely sold out every session. Uh, so it hasn't taken away from the popularity of the sport. There are some bad elements in the sport, yeah, in every sport, but they will be found and they'll be found guilty and, and dealt with uh, severely, as I said, you know. When you look at the Masters then, kicking off this Sunday, Ken in, in mm. Ali Pali, I mean, you mentioned the, uh, Mark Allen is, is someone who has been in prodigious yeah. form winning the Northern Ireland Open and then um, a brilliant comeback win against Ding Jean-Wee back in November in the UK Championship Final. Uh, bang in form and he could really do it. He's already won the Masters before. Yeah, absolutely. I think he, you know, he's, he's full of confidence. Uh, you know, he's, he's different Mark Allen this year. He's like lost five stones during the summer. He feels great. He's, he's playing, you know, very, very freely. Uh, he won the Northern Ireland, as you said, the UK. So he's coming into this as the man in form and I think he's the man to beat. You know, himself, and obviously Ronnie O'Sullivan who's won it seven times it's a tournament that Ronnie O'Sullivan you know it's on, it's in his back door he, he gets himself up for it every year he only has to win four matches to win it so uh, it suits him uh, but I think Mark Allen will be his biggest threat this week yeah Ronnie as someone who can can be in the mood for a tournament and not in the mood for a tournament he, he of course yeah. enjoys the media work as well whenever he gets knocked mm. out but as you said, the format the format suits him perfectly because he doesn't have to concentrate over over a seventeen day seventeen day period like at the Crucible. It's it's quick fire. Yeah, it's quick fire. He only lives like you know half an hour, forty minutes away as well. That suits him uh, as well. And yeah, I mean he's won it seven times. I think he's been beaten three or four finals as well. You know he has an incredible record over um, over his thirty year career. Uh, and he just keeps going on and breaking records. You know, he's he's the most wonderful talent that a game has ever seen. Uh, it's great that he can still play. Uh, you know, he's forty-seven now. I think might be even gone to forty-eight, and he's still at the top of the tree. He's number one in the world, and it's just magnificent. You know, like Alexander Palace in terms of the snooker. Normally, when people watch snooker and tune in, they see the the very uh, quiet, respectful crowds. Mm. But in, in Ali Pali for the Masters, it's it's yeah. the one occasion where the crowd. Let's loose a little bit, and, and Ronnie certainly, yeah. as you said, the home favourite. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's two thousand. Can hold two thousand uh, seats now. Uh, it was a thousand when we went to Ali Pali Forest. They increased to the five hundred because of the demand. Now it's up to two thousand, uh, and the atmosphere is just electric. I mean, we saw it last year. The reception of all the players that came in, and particularly that match Higgins and Williams. You know, where they got both got a standing ovation for the final frame. I mean, I was in the commentary box, the hairs in the back of my neck were standing up just watching it. You know, it was quite incredible. We thought we'd never see the likes of when it was in the conference centre years ago, but it moved to Wembley uh, Arena and now into Ali Pali where it's really sort of has its own home now. It's a wonderful, wonderful tournament and there'll be a great atmosphere. I can't wait for it to start tomorrow. Mark Williams is someone who, uh, I know he's been in Ireland doing uh, exhibitions this week as well, but mm. someone will be heavily fancied, you know, Neil Robertson being mentioned. Um, mm. Williams, I think, has David Gilbert up first, who's been a late call-up because of the, the Chinese match-fixing. So, uh, yeah. you expect him to go far as well? Yeah, I do. I mean, it's one of those tournaments. I mean, the opening uh, the opening match is Neil Roberts against Sean Murphy, who they played in a couple of finals together. So, I mean, most of the matches in the first round, you could almost grace as like some finals, like, you know, 
there's some great matchups. Higgins against Lazowski is a great matchup as well. But Mark Williams is a yeah, he's one of the guys, the class of ninety two that could could go a long way in this tournament. Um Neil Robertson is defending champion against Sean Murphy, as I said, in the opener. That's going to be a, a great start. And, of course, Selby in the evening time as well. Um, yeah, any one of those. Selby, in, in a bit of form as well, has come back, uh, won the English Open just before Christmas. Um, you know, he's had his problems off the table, sort of mental health issues. It's great to see him play and back to his best as well. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to a really a great week of snooker and some great matches and uh, hopefully we'll get a, a couple of the big hitters in the final and have a, a great final uh, on Sunday week. Ken, with all the other lads making a comeback, are you getting... Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what's going on? Dust the cobwebs. Dust the cobwebs off the queue, Jerry. Yeah? You... <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm still playing. Uh, I've actually got myself with Jimmy White. I've got a qualifier. Jordan the Masters actually up in Barnsley. So we'll have to make a little road trip together up to Barnsley, uh, play in the Welsh Open qualifiers and then and then back down so uh, but yeah I'm still enjoying it uh, along with Jimmy and I don't think Stephen has enjoyed it as much he hasn't played anything this season yet but uh, we're still enjoying it and we, we love our sport you know and, and things like this that uh, has marred the sport a little bit really sort of offend us in a way you know they hurt us and, and they sadden us as well you know and uh, let's hope that we can get this controversy behind us and, and uh you know, and deal with it very, very efficiently, you know, and as quickly as possible. You were hanging out with Jimmy in Cork during the week. Um, he's obviously yeah. a, a calmer individual now than he was when... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Just a little bit. I yeah, think. a little bit, yeah. But he still likes, he still loves Ireland. He loves his points of Guinness still and uh, when he's when he's back in Ireland and uh, a little bit calmer, but he's still, you know, like a cat in a hot tin roof at times, <laughs> believe me. But a great character, lovely guy, and has been very, very good to me over the years. You know, as a, as a really good friend, and it's helped me quite a lot. And uh, yeah, I love him. He's a great character, and great to see him at the the ripe old age of sixty, still playing and still competing and still loving it. Uh, I hope I still have the same love as him, and I'm sure I will when I when I get to that age. Well, you brought up Sean Murphy there, Ken, and uh, I know you, you spend mm. a lot of time in the golf course at the moment. We've been kind of having a discussion with a number of people <laughs> on the show recently about um, which is the more difficult, the 147, the 9 darter, or the, the hole-in-one. Uh, Sean Murphy, yeah. of course, making the claim that he's done all three. Now we've had uh, yeah. George Noble and um, Glenn Durrant on the show in the last you week keep, or two. You keep throwing shade on his claim that he's done all three. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't seen you do that to his face, mind you. Yeah, yeah. Now, George Noble and Glenn Durrant uh, calling, a bit of, uh, calling his claim into question a little bit, but... Um, mm. w- which is the toughest, in your opinion, Ken? Uh, well, looking, uh, I mean, I played golf. I've never had a hole in one, uh, but I think that's lucky in, in a lot of respect, particularly for amateurs, you know, because <laughs> I've played with guys that have had hole in ones, and listen, it's probably the only best shot that they've ever <laughs> played in their life, you know. Uh, the, the ninth arter is incredible, yeah. I saw some during the, um, the World Championship, which was fantastic, uh, the last week. Uh, but it's only nine darts. We we have to play thirty six shots for a one four seven. So I'll leave it at that. <laughs> that simple maths, yeah. That's why I have simple maths. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the last one for me then is Eric Ten Hag, the second coming of Jesus Christ. Oh well, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that. But uh, he certainly uh, is. Uh, he's done an amazing job, and. Uh, you know, the United fans are getting excited. Uh, we could still deal with a couple of players for sure. Uh, but at the moment, yeah, the Reds are back, Jared. The Reds are back. There you go. I Bring on City. I knew you'd be happy about it. <laughs> Kendo, great to have yeah, you with yeah. us. Thanks a million. Yeah, you too. Take care, guys. Have a great new year. Cheers, Ken. 
OTB AM. With Gillette, get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.